Got to tell you about the relief and recovery creams from Escape Artists. It's the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado that prioritizes quality and consistency. Now, Escape Artists produces these creams to help penetrate for deep muscle tissue discomfort that's fast absorbing and best part, it's not greasy. It's not going to stain your clothes or sheets. You can find them down at your local light shade dispensary. There's 10 in the Denver metro area, soon to be 11. And they've got a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top shelf flour, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and so much more. Now podcast listeners can get 25% off non-sale items with code DNVR when they shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit Lightshade location near you. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD coffee is going to improve the morning for you since it's rich in CBD. CBG can be delivered to your doorstep every two, four, six, or eight weeks. Whatever you need to help with chronic headaches, joint pains, IBS, so much more than that. Now get 25% off your first purchase at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use code DNVR25. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and joining me today, first time in a couple weeks, several weeks, I'd say at that, uh, our buddy from over at Rocks Pile, Kevin Henry. What's going on, buddy? Hey, it is good to see you, my friend. Glad we get a chance here to chat about uh, more non-baseball stuff. You know, uh, we just kind of keep treading water, it seems like, till they actually do something here. The baseball adjacent show, perhaps that that's what we'll we'll call this segment. We do I have like some that. Rockies topics uh, that that we'll we'll dig into a little bit and some things that the commissioner said and those implications on the Rockies. I know that you've gone out and you've scouted a future MLB expansion site. Excited to hear about that. And a former Rockies player has somewhat of a newfound obsession with Twitter. We'll get to all that today. But first, Rob Manfred did address the media and the baseball-loving world uh, last Thursday. And the two concessions that it seems like MLB and the owners are willing to make very well could have serious implications in Colorado, one of which has been talked about a bunch before, but it's the universal DH. We're going to have the National League pitchers gone. That That's it. They're not going to step to the plate anymore. And I think we know this really could benefit the Rockies more than just about any team in the NL right now. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, it's one of those things that Bill Schmidt said at the GM meetings that they weren't going to go out and find somebody just to be the DH. And, you know, as you alluded to here in Colorado with the altitude, with the long home stands, you're going to see a lot of guys worked into that DH role. I can see a Rymac, I can see a Charlie Blackman. I can see a lot of guys slotted in there, CJ Crone, just to give them that day off from the field. Uh, so I think I think it will help Colorado a lot just in the terms of that they can get some guys off their feet for a day or two. And that's not something they've ever really had the luxury of, obviously, in the past. Yeah, I can remember it might have been 2019, maybe even 2018. No, it was 19. That Nolan Arenado, if you remember, he was banged up a little bit. And I don't know that there was any worry that he was going to go on the IL, but they were going to Houston for two game series. So he could kind of have an active day off where they kept him in the lineup at DH, but he didn't have to go out to the hot corner. So it's definitely a, a major advantage, as you said, playing at altitude and having that off day, even if there isn't that Harold Baines, Edgar Martinez, David Ortiz type at the DH spot. I don't know if they'll ever get to that where, where they'll have just one guy doing it, at least not intentionally. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I don't think that Colorado is that type of franchise. I, I do think that they're going to rotate guys through there. And I think, you know, 
what you just said a minute ago is so smart about whenever they used to go to the AL. And I remember we've talked to Buddy. You know, you've been on those Zooms. We've talked to Buddy. We've talked to Charlie Blackman about what it's like to still stay focused as the DH. And now, you know, let's be honest. There's could be some swapping out of defensive positioning, all that stuff. So those guys have to still stay in the game, even if they're DHing, and even if Buddy wants to give them that day off. Uh, you know as well as I do that that uh, that doesn't always work out to plan. The funny thing about the universal DH and whether or not it, it's controversial, and, and again, we know what real controversy is. Whether or not a pitcher gets to hit is uh, is first world problems. So we we get that obviously, but I think for baseball loving fans and and anyone who likes the NL style of baseball, quote unquote, the fact that the DH will be coming, I don't think. MLB is going to lose those people as fans, right? There are certain changes I think that can be made within a sport where people go, you know what? Hey, this is not my game anymore, or I don't like these changes. I'm going to step away. The DH really isn't one of those things where you're going to see a lot of those old timers go, nope, it's totally different. It's the exact same thing, just without the pitcher hitting. That's it. Right. And and I think (laughs) what's going on with the lockout is going to turn a lot more fans off than having a DH come in. I mean, let's be perfectly honest, but I I do think that there are a lot of those purists out there that are still good. It's going to take them a little bit of time to not see Herman step up to the plate or uh, Freeland step up to the plate. But you know, Hey, if Daniel Bard goes down as the last Rockies pitcher to ever get a base hit, I think that's a beautiful thing then on so many levels. Yeah. That's so, that's so amazing. That's just (laughs) perfect for that. I, I love that stat. And yeah, look, when, once you're hooked, once you're already addicted to MLB, they've, they've got you in, in so many ways. And like you said, with the, with the lockout, those fans that are on the fence or those fans that are maybe just sports fans, they might turn off baseball. But if you're a hardcore baseball fan or even just a very solid baseball fan, it's probably, this probably isn't going to impact you all that much. You might go to one less game, you know, depending on how long this thing drags on, you may stay away and not want to give your money to, to the Rockies and, and whatever it may be. But if, if you're addicted, you're, you're right. You're not worried about the DH right now. And, and one thing that I think you found as much as I have is that people, what they do in real life versus what they say they're going to do is yeah. often two different things. And when that baseball season kicks in, yeah, they may stay away for a week or two, but all of a sudden there's going to be a really interesting matchup or a nice sunset coming up at Coors and people will be there. It's hard to walk the walk in many ways and very, very perfect for baseball, right? It's hard to base on balls, the base on balls. Uh, (laughs) There you go. I like it. It's lost in translation. It's lost all meaning now. Another interesting thing that Rob Manfred said, and I want to see if we can kind of break this down because I haven't given this too much thought and be interesting to, to see what we can come up with. I think we're kind of limited because of the information we have, but it does seem as if we may have some kind of draft lottery. Certainly the draft pick compensation is going away, but with the draft lottery or draft pick compensation, I don't know if you've given any of those thoughts as to you know, how that could possibly help Colorado, maybe not from a strategic standpoint, like how the draft changed and teams said, hey, actually, if we tank, we're going to get a lot of benefit in the draft. I think they're trying to prevent any of those workarounds, but in general, for a small market team, these kind of wholesale changes to the draft certainly have to seemingly benefit a team like the Colorado Rockies. You, you would think so. And and I'm going to be real interested to see actually if it comes into play, what it really does look like whenever it does. But you're right. On the surface, it seems like it would benefit the Rockies, the Diamondbacks, the Royals, kind of those types of teams that then they can build back up. 
But, you know, I, I find it really interesting because one thing that I've noticed, and I don't know about you, but, you know, th- there was so much talk about tanking and getting that draft pick and everything else. And it seems like all of a sudden a lot of people have really turned on that philosophy where, you know, it, it was held in such high regard when the Astros did it and, and you know, and, and a couple of other examples as well. And now it seems like that's almost like saying a curse word out there as if you say that people might actually tank and try to build up that way. I think you're absolutely right because I've – I had long been a, a proponent of, of tanking and I still think if, if there are those, you know, mechanisms in place in order to do it and gain the benefits from it, it's, it's something that, you know, certainly should be considered, but you're right. It, what it's done to the, the facet of the game and, uh, and so many different dynamics, it's gross, but you know what, that's kind of what's happened with, you know, saber metrics and, and launch angle and all those things, you know, Theo Epstein did, speak about that about you know he got in and really broke things down and, and put it into this black and white world and you know getting rid of scouts like like we saw you know with moneyball and all those things mm-hmm. and and really just just crunching numbers and getting statisticians uh, and these ivy league you know students to, to come in and and create these you know a, amazing database and, and and formulas and algorithms to find the best players and we've lost the essence of the game and for that reason i completely understand why tanking is bad because it's it's not in the true nature of baseball. You should go out there to win every single day. And, you know, I think the managers are doing that and the players are doing that. It's just the people upstairs have created a way to say, well, you know what, if you don't have very many good players, you can't really do much with that, can you? And and I hope that what Atlanta did last year by rebuilding at the trade deadline and saying, you know what, we're not going to let that Acuna injury define us. We're right. still going to go for it because they could have absolutely stepped back and and just kind of let the world go by. But they were aggressive at the deadline, just like the Rams were, you know, ahead of the Super Bowl and trying to trade, you know, and saying, you know, forget the future. We're going to win now. And so I wonder if with the Rams having the success in the Super Bowl, the Braves having the success in the World Series, are all of a sudden teams going to realize that, you know, People don't mind maybe sacrificing a little bit of the future if there's actually a ticker tape parade now. And if there are more playoff teams, I think that could go a very long way because the goal of tanking isn't to make your team good. I mean, it is, but it's not good for one year or two years or three years. It's to really to try to create somewhat of a dynasty. And although the Cubs only won one World Series and the Astros have only one right now, but they're they're still going. They're still reaping the benefits. They did have a perennial contender, and so they benefited from that. Now, if you have more playoff teams, look, once you get into the tournament, it could be a crapshoot if we do have, in fact, like that wild card round where now you need three teams to do it. You know, the the conversation about everything that's going on in the lockout with free agency and you know how balanced baseball is there there was a term many years ago that mlb tried to push out called compression about how you know the parity in in baseball yeah there's gonna be teams that are bad for a little while but then they'll jump back in it and they'll potentially be a, a contender like for all the years that the rockies are are not good we know they're only a couple moves away from you know being a somewhat of a contender at least through the first two three months of the season and you can see that and so i think if you've got more playoff teams, you're going to just have teams that are going to break those losing cycles or break those playoff droughts. And we might see a lot of the same teams going to the postseason. Again, we, we see that with the Dodgers, but how many World Series have they won in the last 30 years? Right. One. And so in that way, there is that kind of parity. 
And I think that's where it suits the Rockies really well. A team that has a strong rotation, a team that if you get them in a short series, could they actually pull something off? And a team like the Rockies has the pitching in theory to do that. So I do think it adds a little bit of intrigue. Absolutely. It's going to be fantastic with all of our watch parties down at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax, New York for the Rockies this season. I'm excited to unveil everything we've got planned as, as soon as the first game on the schedule, we know it's actually going to happen. That, that's when we'll get those watch parties out. But we already have a schedule going for the Nuggets, Avs, Rams, Buffs, so many fantastic things. Even Rapids now, our soccer coverage is about to blow up. So get in on the ground floor now with your membership at only 50 cents for your first month. You can get some discounts on shirts at the DNVR Locker. In fact, if you have an annual membership, you can get that new DNVR Rapids shirt at dnvrlocker.com for free. Also, you can get a couple of freebies with our new partner, Athletic Greens, something that I personally use every day. It's something that helps me build my positive gut health. It's a strange thing to say, but you know what? I like being proactive rather than being reactive because usually that means it's too late. Every morning, one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens allows my body to absorb 75 high-quality vitamins along with whole food source superfoods probiotics, minerals, and adaptogens to help me start my day right. Even before I have my Strava Craft coffee, this will get my mental clarity and alertness going in the right direction. It's a micro habit that has real big benefits. And to make it easy for you guys, to make it a micro benefit to help you, guess what? You're going to get a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash roc the first three letters in rockies again that's athleticgreens.com slash roc to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance hoops fans the latest offer from DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba is too good to pass up i'm talking about between the legs 360 windmill dunk type of good new customers can bet just one dollar on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's really that simple. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on the NBA with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. And the more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Kevin, we got to make sure we get you some of the Athletic Greens travel packs because you are always on the road. You're traveling like crazy. And you went to one of the expansion sites to kind of get the lowdown on a team that's already, you know, in many ways behaving like a major league club with the way they go about their social media, the way they go about their merchandise and swag. They're, they're crushing it out there. Let people know where you've been and, and, and some of the, the material you've been writing on Call to the Pen. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, you know, one of the things I got to do this past week was spend some time up in Portland, Oregon, beautiful part of the world, had some amazing weather. And, you know, like you, I've been seeing what the Portland Pickles have been doing on social media, you know, and, and I will tell you, they do a phenomenal job with with attracting people to hear about a team that honestly, who would know that they even existed without the social media phenomenon that they've kind of uh 
developed. And yeah, Portland's Portland's a great city, man. I, you know, there, there's a lot of buzz about, uh, you know, is, is it safe? All that stuff. You know, I, I will tell you, I walked around downtown Portland, talked to a lot of folks and walked over to the Pickles uh, headquarters and talked to them. You know, and one thing I asked him, I said, is this a baseball town? Because like you, I'm kind of thinking, is there something coming down the line? And the general manager, who was great, spent a few minutes with me. He said, you know, it comes in waves. He said it was back when the Mavericks were here, the battered bastards of baseball. If you haven't seen that on Netflix, highly recommend that. And he said he really thinks it's becoming a baseball town again. But the thing he told me, he said, there's got to be a team here that people actually care about. And that's what they're developing with the Pickles. And I think it's a really cool thing that they are building this presence in Portland. And who knows, maybe laying the groundwork for some town down the line that there's another team up in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I think they're going to be up against Las Vegas. Those are probably the two West Coast teams, MLB. I mean, I mean, obviously, it makes a lot of sense to have two teams on the East Coast. There's there's plenty of options from that. But, you know, you got to expand out West. And so Las Vegas is a great market. And as you're pointing out here, Portland, you know, does have a lot of history there with uh, the Portland Mavericks and everything that the Pickles are doing, which people might not even realize. They're not a minor league team. They're not no. even an independent league team with guys like you look and you go, oh, William Rosario signed with the Portland Pickles, you know, because he's playing independent ball. No, it's actually a level even below that. It's just a summer <laughs> collegiate league team. Yeah. But you know what? There's that voracious of baseball fans in Portland to still support a team like that. Well, and, and again, they've created something that people care about. You know, they've created the every time that, you know, the pickle score run, the bullpen all puts their chairs up in the air and does a big dance. You know, I mean, I mean, they've made it a fun thing. Like if you watch that Netflix, that was the whole thing about the Mavericks is that it was fun. And and I think that's what we miss a little bit, maybe in baseball now that some of these unaffiliated, the college wood bat leagues, a lot of them are discovering that they can do to actually bring fans in. And it's then you're not just watching a baseball game. You're actually having an experience. Yeah. I, I got to experience that when I first started working with the Boulder collegians about it's close to five years ago now at, at this point, I didn't really know what to expect just that, Hey, there's baseball being played where I live. I'll, I'll get in on that. And since then it, it opens your eyes up to so much more. There's a team expanding up in Laramie. The Independence League uh, is, is doing some big things. And we've got the Northern Colorado Owls coming up uh, in Windsor, just uh, adjacent to, to Loveland and Fort Collins. So it's good to see that even though minor league baseball, you know, reduced the amount of teams from 160 to 120, that baseball is not dying. It's not going away. It's, I don't know if it's on its final leg. It's far from it. But you know what? It might not be thriving as much as it's been. It's not, it's not that baseball isn't the national pastime. I don't think, I think we know no. that, but it is, it is still going strong in communities like Portland and, and all, all around the, the, the West out here in, in Colorado, Wyoming, et cetera. Yeah. And, and, you know, and you probably saw this about the Billings Mustangs hiring Jim Ruggleman as their manager. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I love the fact that now MLB, you know, former MLB managers are coming to the pioneer league. I think things like that, are really good for the sport of baseball and all these towns that the, that baseball team is part of their fabric. I think that is so important. It really is. You had a, a fantastic podcast. So besides writing for rocks pile and call to the pen, uh, amazing podcast you do with Noah, Noah Yingling. And you had on a, a pretty important guest for number 100, a guy that 
I mean, I guess what he's, he's in everyone's pocket. What is his name on, is his name on our driver's license? You know, that's a really good question. I don't think I'll have to look, you know, (laughs) you've, you've stumped me with that one. No, he, uh, we had governor Jared Polis on, uh, for our hundredth anniversary. And it's something I'd worked on for a few weeks to try to not only line up the timing, but also his incredibly busy schedule. And the one thing that we, we kept saying as we were leading up to it is, this is a baseball podcast. We're not going to talk to you about COVID. It's not politics. It's going to be really focused on baseball. It's going to be focused on the Rockies. And and I think that's what drew him in because this is a guy who loves baseball. I mean, he really does. does. Yeah. He, he, I you was know. really impressed with how much he has a passion for baseball. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's, and yes, he does love the Rockies, but Padres fan, you know, I mean, uh, you know, talked so glowingly about Tony Gwynn and the impact that he had on him. You know, this is a guy and he's very proud to tell you because he's he told me at least twice that he holds the RBI record in the congressional baseball game. He's very proud of that. I'm telling you. So <laughs> 15 RBI in nine games. Dude, he's I, a run producer, man. I'm telling you. Yes. I can't forget that. I mean, that that's amazing. Yeah. And I, and I like that he's he's talking about the the specifics of it because we don't really hear too much about that congressional game. But yet I think we're all fascinated by it in, in different ways and talked about, well, you know, I was kind of new to the scene. So they stuck me out in left field, but you know, I'd like to get in the infield. And so just hearing about that, I was like, just just talk about that for 25 minutes. The history of the games, break it down, seriously. give us a scouting report on all these guys. Who's got the best curveball? That alone was was <laughs> worth the, the price of a download uh, for your podcast. I'm telling you, you know, he, he's a guy that he doesn't just get in the batting cages for show he's in there and he's actually working on his craft. And he, he, you know, after we stopped recording the podcast, you know, he was talking to us about, you know, the things he's working on with his swing and all this stuff. And I'm just sitting here going, this is the governor of Colorado. How cool is this that we're talking about? But yeah, great guy, but he's also a baseball purist. I will tell you, he, uh, he is one guy that uh, certainly, you know, even though the DH is coming, he'd still like to see the national league uh, have those pitchers hit. He mentioned batting against Rich Gossage at one point down in spring training, which is a decent transition to something you wrote about old timers day. Cause I know the Mets are, are doing it and you know, yeah. uh, our old friend, Daniel Murphy is going to be uh, most likely participating in that. And I think of that because I'm, I'm pretty sure that for a while in the Denver bears, uh, it may have even been Bob Housem, but he would bring in Satchel page to come in and just throw like Man. batting practice to the writers. So just the journalists in Denver to oh, say cool they got to pitch against a legend. And I think it was even before he was in the hall of fame. Uh, it d- does make me a little bit jealous of like, you know, are we going to get an opportunity eventually to have a little softball game for, I'd know, love that. Absolutely. People and, and just people in the press box. Eventually that will happen. But I love the idea of an old timers game. And you know what? I think we think of it as a yearly event, but honestly, even if you just did it every five years, even if you just did it once and then figured it out from there and the guys go, "Ah, I don't want to come back next year and do it. Okay. Well now you're going to do it every five years. And if it doesn't happen until year seven, okay, great. It is better than what we have right now, which is nothing. No. And and if you don't want to be called an old timer, Hey cargo, I get that. You don't want to be called an old timer. That's cool. And make it an alumni game, you know, do the spin around it. I like that. Absolutely. A legends game. Yeah, you know, I and you know, you were there when the 25th anniversary, you know, everything was going on and all these players came back and just the buzz that there was around Coors to see all these guys back on the diamond again. You know, and I think something like that is really important for a lot of these fans that have moved to Denver and they're they're kind of picking up on Rockies moving forward. 
let's show them a little bit of the history in the past. Get them to know Jeff Francis. Get them to know the Dragon Slayer, you know, Cargill, all these guys. Absolutely. Yeah, the history. There's such great tales. You're right. And that's true of any, every franchise, I, I imagine. I mean, may, maybe not as much with, with the Rays or and whatnot. I, I don't know if the stories are as good. Uh, Marlins, you could probably say the same thing about they may have the World Series, but I don't know, again, if, if they've got that personal touch that the Rockies do. But you're right. I think I think if fans knew that they would look at the Rockies more of than just this this outdoor beer garden to go and yep. hang out in the summer. They're like, actually I do care about this team that much or so and so is going to be back or so and so is just coming to town because they're a coach on the other side for Atlanta or whatever it may be. I just want to go and see that guy because I've heard so many great and wonderful things. And again, you do it on Rock's pile. So does Noah on the, your podcast. I'm trying to do that. So many people in our community are we just need to get the Rockies to do it. <laughs> we do. And 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 I think they will. I, I really do believe that because I think that there's going to be this sense of, well, we're not that old of a franchise. We haven't been around that long. You know, and, and granted, compared to the Mets and the Yankees and, and these others that do the old timers games, absolutely. But but you're telling me there's not a wealth of history, uh, the Walkers, the Heltons, the Holidays even, you know, bring back some of these guys and let them, let them tip their cap out there and, and get the love that they deserve. Absolutely. Especially Johan Flande. He needs to start. Oh. He needs to be the starting pitcher for both teams. He could be an automatic pitcher, you know, like he used to do uh, in your backyard when it comes to football. He can be the automatic pitcher. Sign me up. I'm there. I have no issue with that. I I have. I mean, and, and I think that's something you better get your tickets early is what that boils down to. Cause that's going to be a run when people learn that. Yes. And it will be advertised as old timers day, but amongst your group of friends, if you want to call it Johan Flande day, that's also Johan Flande. Ah, oh, man, we're just printing. off. Oh, money see, I'm telling you. Absolutely. We're just yeah. printing off money. Making people smile, making people feel good, much like the folks over at Green Mountain Dental Group who deserve to take plenty of credit for all of our smiling Colorado sports fans around town, including all of those DNVR listeners who've already switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. Now when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you are going to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. We've already talked about Breckenridge Brewery's good company, Hard Seltzer, and and all the Breck brew that you can get down at the DNVR bar where you get a member-sized beer, a much bigger glass if you are signed up to the DNVR.com. But specifically need to give some big love for the Avalanche Ale. It's kind of that time of the year for that classic American amber blend that has both the pale chocolate and caramel malts and a well-rounded, flavorful beer. Avalanche Ale has those caramel malts that lend whispers of toffee sweetness with a touch of bittering hops that gives this beer such a clean finish. It was crafted for balance, so it's versatile and a satisfying anytime beer. That's Breckenridge Brewery's Avalanche Ale. Is that usually your go-to, Kevin, if you're down at the bar? Or do you start with a hard seltzer, go with something I'm a hard seltzer guy. Got to be honest with you. I'm a hard seltzer guy. Uh, You know, big, big fan of that. Absolutely. Plenty. It makes plenty of sense. I wanted to ask you something about, you know, Von Miller having won the Super Bowl over the weekend. And I saw a little conversation that someone was pushing back on our on our guy Andrew Mason about, you know, if eh, what's the big deal about, you know, Von Miller having been traded away for those draft picks? Like really was it that big of a deal? Like like who cares? And it just made me think like what if the Rockies could have done this? with John Gray and either saw him go into the postseason yeah. and do some big things or again, just benefit from 
the potential of a prospect. Because again, keeping Von Miller around, maybe that had one more win, two more wins for the Broncos, doesn't move the needle enough to get into the postseason. I think the same can be true for, you know, many years for the Rockies where they kind of sat on guys when maybe they could have offloaded them and got something. Not 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 Shohei Otani or Mike Trout or any, a superstar, but something that actually could have benefited them in the future. You know, I think back to the Tulo trade. And and obviously the way it went down was was not good on, on all yeah. levels. It was not good. But I think back to when Tulo was in the postseason and how everybody on the Rockies was very focused. You know, Rockies fans were focused on, you know, can Tulo finally get there, you know, do all that stuff like he did in 07. And I think that that's that's kind of what I saw with the Broncos and Von Miller as well. I mean, a little bit different scenario, but still, I think Denver's really good about rooting for guys that treated the sports city well. And if they move on to somewhere else, and I think that would have been a John Gray. I think that would have been a Trevor story. Absolutely. And I'm sure that those two guys would have loved to have had a chance to chase a ring, you know, and will Vaughn come back? You know, I, I think that's, that's well worth a conversation down the line as well. But I think when you treat guys right and you give them a chance to chase that ring, it certainly reflects back on what your franchise really is about, especially guys that have turned in a lot of good service for you through the years. Yeah, it was it was so special watching that game and knowing how many Broncos fans were pulling for the Rams. And it's just again a, a strange feeling to 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 feel that way and to go, no, that's that's all right to to really like root for a player. And just Von Miller is a super class act, and and a lot of people attached to the Rockies are are super classy on the field, off the field, and whatnot. And so yeah, that that would have been cool to to see that certainly. And, and look, if we're talking class. One of the classiest guys that we know, Mr. Harry Ralston Black. He's going to be back. It was good to see that extension. He'll be yes. back for uh, the 2023 season as well as this year, of course. Do you think that, you know, Buddy's maybe waiting to see what happens with this next two years before he decides to stick around a little bit if there's going to be a transition after, you know, McMahon and Freeland hit free agency? Marquez only has one more year after that. It was interesting that it was only one year, but I'm glad that he will be back for at least that extra season. I, I agree. And and right now during this bridge between what the Rockies are now versus what they will be, the the Veens, the Romos, the you know, the Tolias, all that, I, I think Bud Black is the perfect guy to be that guy. Now, is he the perfect guy in three or four years? Maybe not. And maybe that's a mutual decision. You know, at that point, Buddy may be ready to, you know, just just be in San Diego and, and be happy watching from the sideline. But but I think it's important as the Rockies really try to figure out who they are over the next couple of years and try to make that bridge. And like we've been talking about, I think Buddy's the right guy for that, for sure. And if they do expand the postseason to more teams, then again, that that extra edge that you get with a veteran guy like Bud Black, now maybe he does stick around where you go, ah, you know what, we, maybe we didn't make the additions we would have liked. Uh, you know, the young guys are, are coming along, but I, I can see a path to the postseason a lot easier. So it, it certainly will be uh, some more transition here in, in the next couple of seasons. Well, and, and it goes back to, you know, so many people are saying, what kind of GM is Bill Schmidt going to be? You know, and, and so many people have already put him in a box and, and he hasn't really had a chance this offseason to do everything he wanted to do. Right. And there's a lot of talk about is Bud Black Bill Schmidt's guy? And I think this one year extension says, absolutely. He's the guy for right now. He's the guy that we wanted to lead into this next chapter. And I think that that was really an important statement as well. 
lot of important statements made by Tyler Matzik. He's been very Dude. vocal on Twitter. He, I, I guess someone told him about it and he said, Oh, all right, let me, let me download this app. And again, another one of the great articles you wrote on call to the pen, but he's been very active and uh, it's, it's interesting to see people figuring Twitter out for the first time. You know, I look at it and, and of course, you know, he goes by, you know, his, his nickname and I'm not sure we want to do the parental advisory on here, you know, but uh, he, he does. Yeah. I think, it, I think yeah. it's a uh, Dutch Nutsak. Oh, Nutsak. That, that is good. <laughs> I, I love that in Rotterdam. Absolutely. No, I, I, I think it's important. Whatever you think about why aren't the players using more of their voices during this time? You know, I, I look at what Matzik's done. I look at what Marcus Stroman is doing. There are players that are being very active on social media. And I think the players have so much of an opportunity to tell their side and really say, this is what we want. You know, Scherzer did that on Twitter. This is a guy who doesn't ever get on Twitter, but he used it to explain this is what the players are looking for. And I really wish that more players would be like Matzik and say, you know what? I've got this voice. Let's let's make sure people understand we're the ones being locked out here. Yeah, that that's kind of transparency is is rare. And you know, and anytime you have that, that's certainly a, a positive thing. I think that's kind of what was the first takeaway with what the commissioner said on Thursday, where it seemed to be a little bit more transparent, but in the 24 hours after I started thinking, you know, that he just didn't, he set everybody up to say, Oh, he's going to be canceling spring training or pushing the opening back. Mm -hmm. And then when he didn't, it's like, Oh, so he actually said something good when really they were going to come in on Saturday, still really continue to low ball increase by a little bit, you know, a 1% increase on, on everything uh, across the board. And it, it seemed like it was transparent. It wasn't. And uh, it's, it's, it's this game. It's this back and forth that seems like we really got nowhere on. No. And, and, you know, but I also think Manfred has made some statements, you know, about how disastrous it would be to lose games you know, so I think he's almost backed himself into a corner with that statement as well, because I think that's the one thing that came out of that press conference the other day more than anything else. And of course, as the calendar ticks on, you know, we talked about the Super Bowl a minute ago. You know, I, I didn't do my usual it's baseball season thing. You know, Same. I know. Yeah, I know it's minor league. I know college. I know all that's still going on, but it's hard, you know, to, to do that, knowing that there's no set calendar that you can look at and say, I know on May 15th, here's who they're playing and where. We know that on April 5th, the Isotopes have a game in Oklahoma City, and you and I might be there covering it. I don't you know. know. What? <laughs> I'll take you out for the best chicken fried steak you ever have, man. I'm just telling you. I don't we'll think do I it. floated that idea by you yet, so you got your live reaction. So I, I'm all right with that. You, uh, Oklahoma, we'll, Oklahoma, let's do it. I'm down. We'll make, we'll make the drive in from Tulsa. We'll, grounds, we'll, man. <laughs> we'll figure it out. That's it. And then maybe after that, on April 8th, maybe we'll go to Hartford and, and the yard goats are at home. Yes, I've actually had to look at a minor league schedule to figure out who's playing, where, at what time, and see if we could kind of figure that out because that could be the only thing going on. We'll, we'll kind of wait and see it. it it's, it's a, that's a long ways away. I mean, was that seven, eight weeks? It is. At this point, and, it's still a but, long time to get something done. But, but I will tell you, I feel a lot more confident looking at that schedule and saying, here's where I'll be April 5th or April 8th than I do. Yeah, I'll be at Coors Field for, for uh, Denver opening day. Yeah, it, it's true. And and 
you know, maybe that's one way that the minor leagues can take a, a step forward after the loss of those 40 teams. But anyone listening to this right now that's in, you know, one of those markets, or if you're if you're in Spokane and you want to know what the big league club is doing over there in Denver, or if you're in Fresno, Hartford, Albuquerque, whatever it may be, those games are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Those nothing that's going on with minor leaguers is implicated in this lockout in any way. Now, where it could impact you, and, and I did write about this a little bit on the DNVR last week, is that if you're in Hartford, you're looking at the the team down in Spokane, and you're you're looking at some of the players, and you're saying, excellent, uh, Hell Chris Oliveras, or a guy like Ezekiel Tovar, they're going to be ticketed for Hartford coming up here, except they're not because they're on the 40-man. And although right. there hasn't been much discussion about what will happen come – you know, the start of the minor league season, we just know that for spring training, they will not be able to report. And really, I imagine that during the season, they might not be able to play either because they are tied in with the union. So Ezekiel Tovar could have no games until, you know, this lockout ends, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, especially, you know, the 2020 minor league season gets wiped out, you know, and now you're looking at this. And I just wonder how many times that we're going to say, it's okay. We're going to stunt your growth again, minor leaguers. You know, I, I really wonder how many times baseball is going to say that and feel like it's okay. And I, and I wonder if this plays to MLB's advantage because you've got so many of these players that, I mean, virtually all of them in the minors who missed all of 2020 and their development's going to lag. And so that might mean a couple more options back and forth to the minors and how that could help tamp down their service time, you know, either intentionally or unintentionally. It just, it, it has long ranging implications, but those games will go on in the minor leagues without fail. Same thing for independent baseball. If you're down in Colorado Springs and you're a vibes fan, or if you're out on the Western slope with the, the grand junction Rockies, they've got their schedule. I think it's been released already. And, uh, those games are, are locked and loaded and, and ready to go. Same thing with the, the no-co owls. And, and I do think that, yeah, you know, we talked about the pickles earlier. I think that it's important to still support baseball, uh, you know, and, and obviously we don't know what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. We don't know what the MLB schedule is going to look like, but absolutely. If you ask me, am I excited about isotopes or yard goats or, you know, yeah, I'm excited about all the, all the affiliates. Cause I want to see this next generation coming up. Absolutely. I do. Yeah. You can also check out denverbrowns.com with one of the guests we had on this winter, Matt Replinger. Uh, he's doing something right now to to try to save opening day with his Denver Browns. And so even if we don't get opening day at, at Coors Field that first weekend in, in April or the first proper full weekend in April, he's going to be playing down at All City Field in Denver. So uh, he's doing some cool things. Make sure you check that out. Another guy who's kind of tapping into the whole social media market. I don't know if you've noticed and if this person pops up on your YouTube feed at all, but Alex Bregman looks like he's trying to get something going. On a YouTube channel, had an interesting video I'll I'll tell you about in a second, but he can't do any worse than uh, that guy in Los Angeles, that that pitcher who I I don't feel like I'm going to name right now, but he's another controversial guy. You can get behind Alex Bregman, I think, a lot more than you can with this guy who maybe paid $80 million to just go away and never play an MLB again. Yeah, yeah, there there are certain... uh pro baseball players shall we say that if they they really put their voice out there a lot of people are gonna go yeah i'm not listening to that but uh but bregman's youtube channel interesting you know yeah the video that popped up on my feed was his five favorite hitters how many do you think came from the national league 
of the of his top five of his wow. favorite hitters to watch. Uh, I'll go. I'll go crazy and go four. That's exactly what I would have thought, and it wouldn't okay. have shocked me if it was five, right? Yeah. And it wouldn't have shocked me if it was uh, a three. But I already forget what my question was. How many National League or how many American yeah. League? I mean, you said how many National League, so I, I went. Crazy oh, all right. You. you knew it was a trick question. All right, you, you got it there. <laughs> I assumed it was mostly going to be AL guys. I figured it was going to be four AL guys, give or take one. But it was three National League players. He, hmm. uh, Freddie Freeman, was first on his list. Obviously, got to see him in in the World Series this past year, and you know, broke down his swing and his his buddy Jose Altuve, number four. Number three was Tatis Jr., a guy who's nobody's even seen him that many times. He no. hasn't been around that long. Mike Trout, a guy he's very familiar with. And he actually had Juan Soto as number one, uh, another guy that he did get to see uh, I think in the postseason. Yeah, hmm. I, I thought that was kind of strange. I don't think that was any necessary, necessarily shade he was throwing at American League players. It's just, hey, these are the guys that I really like. And so... He's doing his thing. Yeah, he's doing it. And, and you know, I, I forget which MLB player it was. It was vacuuming, you know, and his wife posted it on Twitter. You know, I mean, I think we're all trying to figure out how are we going to pass the time here? And maybe if, if Bregman and, you know, Rymac or whoever, break down your favorite guys, let's hear it. I think that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, I'm a little surprised there haven't been more players who've been out there uh, with with content with baseball content obviously youtube being number one i think there's a lot more guys being active on twitch i don't know if that's necessarily baseball content like i think trevor may of the mets uh, I, I saw someone retweeting about that watch it for three minutes before i realized i didn't want to watch him play minecraft and be focused on minecraft he didn't say anything crazy like blake snell did a couple years ago so <laughs> That stuff is is whatever, but I think you know over time. I think we will eventually see players building their brand in this way. I think it it puts them out there and potentially could expose them more than normal. And that was that was the thing that I had supposed would come about if if we do have a lockout where we lose games, like in '95 with the work stoppage, no World Series in '94, a delayed start to the season. And what comes of that is the PED scandal to help save baseball. Well, I don't know how this could be a scandal necessarily, but players could overexpose themselves on social media by trying to create more content to, to save baseball and say, wow, we're learning so much more about these players. We like them more now. So we sure. want to support them more now. Yeah. Maybe they're not on ESPN, you know, 24 seven, you know, maybe MLB network is, is whatever. They're not getting on those commercials for Michelob ultra, you know, like with Peyton Manning and Serena Williams, yep. maybe they're not doing those things, but they're doing all of the social media content creating. Right. And I don't know how that could end up going bad, but, you never know that that could it just could over extend these guys I, I think more than we might even know I don't know where the line is 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 anyway yeah and, and who knows and I think whenever we get to the point where officially spring training is delayed or officially we're losing games then I think that's where the players are really going to start taking things on on social media and you know what if if Bregman or whoever it might be starts kind of pumping themselves up a little bit as you know a good guy to follow, a good guy to learn from, whatever it might be, that's great because MLB does such a bad job of promoting their own guys. Maybe the guys need to promote themselves and kind of push themselves into that spotlight, like you were saying. Yeah, when I saw the Bregman video pop up, my first thought was, oh, another baseball player creating content. And then I thought of the cheating scandal, and then I go, mm -hmm. yep. eh, 
like I it, again, it, it's not great, but at the same time, we we know that the realities of of what happened in baseball, and it, it's time to get over it a little bit. See, this is why we love us some Tyler Matzik. If he's going to be on social media, there's no scandal involved with it. I mean, Tyler, just give us give us the dirt, give us insight, and and here we go, man. I tell you, and remind people of the Dutch pronunciation of your nickname. That's the only potential scandal if people Nutsa. misinterpret it. Yes, Nutsa. Nutsa. Yes. Much Absolutely. like do, do you do you remember this? Uh, probably a decade ago, there was it may have even been a young lady. I don't even think it was uh, a boy, but got suspended from their school, maybe even a middle school, was a supporter of the Cubs and had a Kosuke Fukudome yes, jersey on. I do remember and if that. You know how to spell Fukudome, F-U-K-O-D-O-M-E, do me at the end, and got suspended. And so uh, that certainly was interesting. But if we know it's it's Nutsack, it's it's not so bad. Uh, absolutely not. I, I, I think uh, Nutsack could be a uh, part of Olympic curling anytime, and I think that'd be fantastic. I wonder if we'll see some of the players going back to their old universities, either to train or even to just support those guys there where they work with each other. That could be, again, one of the great benefits that come out of this. Like with the pandemic, I've heard a couple of players talk a lot about shutting things down, slowing things down, and really targeting certain areas, either in their physique or their swing or their mechanics to work on because it's slowed down that much that you know they're going to benefit from that going forward. It'll be interesting to see if there, there's going to be some of those guys from the Division One, even Division Two ranks that benefit if we see some of these players, again, going back and, look, I need a facility to train at, so, yeah. hey, I'm going to go there. I know the coach, and you know what? These guys are, are are helping me work out. I'm going to help them in the game. And so, you know, I don't know the NCAA's rules on, you know, all the assistant coaches, who's allowed in the dugout, who isn't. But uh, it certainly wouldn't shock me. It'll be interesting to see, you know, where these players end up turning up. If it's not on your YouTube feed, maybe your local grocers. I don't know. Yeah. You know, and, and one thing that I've, I've thought about so much is a guy like Charlie Blackman, who is so regimented, so very detailed and and really does things by the book every year this is throwing him off just like COVID did in 2020 so what is charlie blackman doing right now you know that's one of the things i'm dying to ask at some point what are you doing right now with this big we don't know what's coming in a week or two you know it, it feels like the when are we going to start the season in 2020 all over again i imagine he's doing a lot more fishing yes I, I think he would trade that in gladly to play some baseball games because Again, that that's a hobby, and and look, a lot of times we prefer hobbies over our, our our actual jobs. I don't know for you and I, we can necessarily say that, but you know, for these ball players, look, they have a very short career, and so they need yeah. to make the most of it. That's everything that's happening right now with the lockout is that these guys have have such short careers to make an impact and try to make money. And you know, last week talking with Mark Knutson about how you know grateful he is that he can lift his arm over his head still because so many guys have to just push it and push it. And, and put their body on the line. And, and, and in a case with like Scott Oberg, he might quite literally be putting his life on the line yeah. to try to extend his career out a little bit and try to live, you know, some sense of normalcy and, and get back to that. So, you know, you, you understand what's at stake for so many of these guys. So if, if they miss games or if they're not able to get the training that they, they're typically able to get with big league training staffs, then that's going to have implications down the line. And for Charlie, his uh, his deals up after 2023. Yeah. 
you know, and I think as baseball fans, we can get a little bit upset that we we might miss out on more Mike Trout. We might miss out on more Otani after last season. You know, there's a lot of guys that right now are in such the prime of their careers. You mentioned Soto and Tatis earlier. You know, I mean, it, it, if we get cheated out of games this season where we don't get to see those guys, I think that's a travesty on so many levels. All right, so it sounds like you and I might be in Oklahoma City first week in April. I'm all right with that. I I probably after this I'll, I'll need to go and, and see what the KBO schedule is like. I don't know if you can maybe uh, convince someone to to pay for a plane ticket to go over to Seoul or something. But if the KBO starts early, we need top notch baseball coverage, don't we, Kevin? Oh well, I mean, how could you not? I mean, let's be honest. And a lot of those guys that are heading overseas, you know, to play, uh, there'll be there'll be a good contention over there. But uh, but let's stick with the chicken fry in Oklahoma City first, and then we'll we'll expand out to uh, the LG Twins after that. How about that? <laughs> yeah, we will definitely start with that. Uh, Kevin, I, I know you and Noah are over on Twitter at RocksPileFS, but you're always cranking out fantastic content each and every day. What are a couple of things you're either working on or that you just published? Uh, you know, right now, a lot of player projections. We're looking at what players are going to possibly do next year. Of course, you know, asterisk, uh, you know, depending on how many games are actually played. Uh, so going through each of those, looking at the projections. And then, uh, you know, a call of the pen, as you mentioned. Noah and I are both doing some things over there, trying to look outside the Rockies. You know, what are some of the big stories going on? And like you said, you know, just looking at Tyler Matzik's tweets, uh, you know, that's been really interesting just to break down what some of these guys are doing on social media. And I guess now I've got to look at an Alec Bregman YouTube channel. So there you go. I gave you some homework. Sorry about that. You did. That's all good. Now uh, I'm looking up chicken fried steak restaurants in Oklahoma City and, and uh, you know, YouTube videos. So this is a good night. It's all good. And I'll work on the, the plane tickets and uh, just make go. sure your your passport is up to date. Hey, <laughs> we, we both need to give a shout out to our dads who share a birthday. They, they share a birthday, so got to give them props on that and thought about doing a whole big thing regarding players, particularly Rockies and, and what they've done on their birthday. And that still might happen, but in lieu of that, I'll point out Stephen Cardulo, great, another one of those great stories you that go. you know we, we hope to have again in the spring for some non-roster invites that can end up you know carving out a little niche and, and, and break through and and debut in the major leagues because that's a an accomplishment in and of itself. But he only played two years, 2006 and 2017. But he basically set a record that I don't know if it'll ever be beaten. Maybe it'll be matched, but played two seasons, and he hit a home run on his birthday both years. Not too bad. August Not 31st. Not too shabby at all. Yes, a homer on both days. Only Todd Helton has more. He hit five birthday home runs in his 17th season so that's that's pretty darn good but for uh, mr steven cardulo two opportunities two home runs and one of them was just in one at bat i think it was it was a spot coming off the bench so it's pretty proficient i like that that's a good good stat man i like that i like that a lot tip of the cap to steven tip of the cap to your dad and my dad absolutely Happy birthday to those guys out absolutely. there absolutely Thanks for everyone tuning in again. Check out all of Kevin's work over at Rocks Pile, Call to the Pen. Wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, you can go ahead and check out the podcast description for links to some of those fantastic articles. I am on Twitter at Patrick D. Lyons, and all of our Rockies coverage is at DNVR underscore Rockies. Again, only 50 cents for your first month if you want to join and become a member at the DNVR 
DNVR.com. So for DNVR Sports, he's Kevin Henry. I'm Patrick Lyons. This has been super fun, but you know what they say about momentum? It's only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So I'll talk to you then.